Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. We're back to talk more about behavior charts. Um, listeners, if uh, if you haven't been listening to all the episodes, we're going to have to put you on yellow until you catch up. So, uh, so beware. <laughs> Um, <laughs> beware yes go back so, go back and listen to episode one at least so yeah, yeah. know where our mindset is and if you find hey listeners uh, help me out with this if you find any episodes where there's some problems with the sound shoot me a message on uh, shoot me an email or a message on facebook or something so that i can go back and, and and remaster it because we've heard there might be a couple episodes like that out there but we're having a hard time locating them so help me out if you find one of those episodes a little public All service, right. a little public service announcement. Yeah. So, so shall we? Shall we recap a little bit and then and then move on uh, with uh, the discussion yeah, on the behavior about charts? That big bad stoplight that hangs on the wall in so many early childhood classrooms, and it's you know if you're green, you're good, and if you do something a little bit out of line, you get your clip put down on yellow, and if you do something else, then you're on red, and you're a bad kid. Um, and this is all uh, a method, a tool that adults, many adults, think is useful in an early childhood classroom. Um, so we're I just to get thought, Heather, if out of red and into a green set of behavior here. If there was a behavior chart for group management techniques, behavior charts would be on red. Yeah, they don't work, and they don't they they don't make people feel good, and they don't help change behavior. So what works? Yeah. Now, this is the big question. I think people who are very used to having wall charts and structure and um, uh, kind of prepackaged structure Mm -hmm. handed to them and really feel at a loss. If you're going to take that away from me, well, then what do I have to work with? What do I do in its place? And this is scary. It's a scary thought to many people. I'm just going to keep using it. Maybe it's not ideal, but at least I know it. Yeah. And I have something to lean on. And that's understandable. I think what's um, a big leap for people is that when you don't use a stoplight behavior chart, you are really investing in the long term and you're investing in relationship. Um, And so it's not cute. You can't hang it on the wall. You're investing yourself with the children, and this is the key to long-term change. But if you're used to the other method, it will feel a little scary at first because we're asking you to take the step of a philosophy change. Yeah, It's, It's not just, here's the new chart to hang on your wall. It's, no, let's try doing this a completely different way with a completely open mindset, and so that's new and different. Yeah, and we've talked about this before when you're making changes. There's going to be that that time period, probably a couple of weeks, where you feel 
kind of queasy and uncomfortable with this because you're 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 stepping outside of your comfort zone. So one of the one of the key steps to to moving away from the behavior charts is just to to realize and accept that it's going to be uncomfortable for you as the adult and and for the kids because you've you've kind of messed with uh, the normal operating procedure and so everybody's in a little bit of chaos until until the new normal settles in. Right. And sometimes you might want to make a break like that um, after, say, a school break or if there's been a, you know, let's say after spring break, you say, okay, now we're going to come back and do things differently. Mm-hmm. It's just helpful. It gives an artificial time break yeah. um, to, to your um, behavior break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one thing with behavior, it's not that you're giving up control. You're not giving up what you will and will take in the classroom. You need to be very clear on your expectations and your limits. And when anybody, a child or adult, crosses those limits, that you speak up and specifically say, you know, what you don't like. Um, so that's one thing. You sh- you're not, you're, it's not a free-for-all when yeah. you get rid of a behavior chart. But you need to be clear about what you expect and hold people to it. So, I mean, just as an example, coming home, uh, you know, back into the home life, what I expect when my kids go out the door for school in the morning. Um, they know the order, and before they could read and write, we had a picture on the wall so that they could get the concept of, first I use the bathroom, then I, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> then I eat breakfast, all these different things that they had to do to get ready in the morning. Um, and very quickly, it's internalized. They know you do step one, then you do step two. It's like putting in your snow pants first before you put on your boots. First, you might have to be taught the order, and then then you just know it. Uh-huh. But our expectation was that you had to keep moving from one to the next, because otherwise, if you, you know, to get out the door in the morning, it's <laughs> kind of lollygaggling, or as my um, my son just taught, uh, learned how to do when he was fooling around in the bathroom, he taught himself how to sneeze <laughs> on cue. So he figured that out, you know, while he's in the bathroom. So things like that are great discoveries, That's but great sometimes skill. you just need to get out the door <laughs> to let you in on the sneeze technique. <laughs> so our, our, our expectation was, you know, you just have to keep moving forward. Once you've done one step, you go to the next. And that you set your expectation, you keep it going, and then if they get to the end of their sequence, then they have free time to play. So that's an example of something that's clear. And if they're straying and you need to help them get back on track, you remind them this is what we expect. So you can do that same sort of thing, whether you're at home with your family or in a classroom, is set very clear expectations and make sure that that they're age appropriate and that you stick with them. Yeah, it's it's just creating some structure for the environment. The people who come here behave like this. So the people who come here do these things. Right. And if you know somebody's hitting somebody, well, it depends on your classroom. I mean, if if we're talking about a very play-based um, early childhood setting, well, maybe they're having a fun game and you just move them over to a wrestling mat. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. All hitting is not necessarily a problem. Yeah. But if it's hitting that there's a conflict and somebody doesn't like it and you, or, or maybe you're in an older school setting and, you, you know, wrestling isn't part of the day's curriculum, unfortunately, then you need to enforce that limit. You know, people are not for hitting and stop the behavior. Um, 
So a tool that I think is helpful, I mean, again, this is all a a mindset change, a philosophy change. So instead of moving the paper clips and the popsicle sticks and the clothes pegs around on the stop sign, you're partnering with the children to truly change their behavior. Here's a tool that, that people could grab onto. It's like, okay, we're getting rid of the stoplight chart. Maybe we can substitute something else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a behavior contract that you write up with the, with the individual child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's say you have a, a kid who hits a lot and you need to stop the behavior. You sit down one-on-one with that kid and write down their ideas, your ideas, and, you know, what happens if you forget? And how can I help you? This is what's expected. This is what the problem is. You know, what are your ideas? What are we going to try when you feel like hitting? And what happens if you forget? What will happen? What's the consequence of all that? And you can work on this together. And if it doesn't work, the ideas the child comes up with, well, go to the other idea. Go to the next idea. But it's a partnership in changing behavior. It's not a uh, um, you are bad, and I've just moved your paperclip down. Heather, that sounds like more more work and and uh, oh, less one I size know. fits all than the uh, charts. Oh, I know. Well, also, um, and as, when you said more work, and some people may say, "What work one on one with a child?" But I got twenty five other kids. You know what's going to be happening to them? Well, I've got this other issue going on. Um, it depends on your situation. If you've got, you know, co-teachers, well, then your co-teacher can work with the other kids. Uh-huh. If you are all alone and you're thinking, this is never going to work for me, it's possible that, I mean, it's the child who has the, the behavior that really needs changing, that needs your attention. Mm-hmm. The other kids don't need to be bored by working out this one child's issues. Is there a way you could bring in some parent volunteers just to help Smooth over, especially if you're you're going through a, a transition time where you're working a, a child or a couple kids that you have a lot of behavior things with into the fold, so that they get the expectations and they're working on stopping them. Yeah, is there a parent volunteer that can come in and kind of shepherd the other kids through the next steps? That's they're not the ones that need you at that moment. The kid who needs your professional guidance is the one who's having a lot of trouble yeah. controlling those. Arms. Yeah, and the, the other thing here is I, I, I don't think in most situations you may not need a individual contract with all the kids. You're, this is kind of a no, tool no, to no. use with, with, with where, you're, where, where you're having those points of friction. And so when you start thinking about using this, don't, don't think, of, think in terms of, well, 30 kids, 30 contracts. It's these right. three kids are having these issues, and, and this is a tool to, to walk, work through that. Right. Although at the same time, you can use this kind of group thinking and group problem solving with the entire class. So you can say, you know, when, um, when I'm reading the story, let's say you're reading a story every day, then we're having some trouble with some kids can't see and some kids can't hear. What can we do about this? And have kind of a, a group problem solving time. You're essentially writing up a behavior contract for the entire class. Yeah they are all contributing or whoever wants to is contributing to that. Uh-huh. And you're setting out clear expectations, stating what the problem is. So you can do it in a group. Yeah. You can do it with an individual child. But yeah, you don't need to do a special plan for every kid and you don't need to do it for their entire life. Focus on one thing, maybe getting 
her codon is the big problem. Yeah, exactly. You know? So then do a quick little something just on the coat and then work on that for a bit. Let everything else kind of go and then work on the next bit because you can't uh, do it all at once. Yeah, you're biting off more than you can chew. You're just going to end up choking. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, also when you when you adjust your curriculum to having less sitting still and more hands-on and more movement or even getting an extra recess in there, I mean, even it, see if your school will let you sneak your kids out for an extra recess. They will be able to focus their memory. Their behavior will be better. <laughs> so sometimes it's that. What we call misbehavior is really just getting the curriculum right. Yeah. I, I, it goes down if their needs are being met. A kindergarten teacher I worked with, uh, she uh, would, in, the, in the, the coldest days of winter, she would have her, her kindergartners out in the playground, e- even, if, uh, even if the rest of the, the school wasn't going out, because they needed that, and she knew that she was going to get the behavior she needed out of them when they came back inside once they had that four and a half minutes outside and 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 she she actually got called to the the principal's office on this a couple times and she but she'd been teaching for 25 years and her her whole thing was what what are you going to do fire me there's a teacher shortage i've been here forever i i mean my pension is fully vested and and so she did what she knew was right for the kids and and the use of the chart just plummeted because she made the change in the day that was actually uh, capable of solving the problem, more movement and some yeah. fresh air. Right. And, you know, if you're still on the new side of, of leading a class, it may take you some time to feel that you can just do that. But yeah. once, you've, once you realize how much you really understand what these kids need and trust that and just stand up for your rights and the kids' rights, something like, you know, they need this five minutes. They need this ten minutes. It's going to um, meet all of our goals better. Um, you'll, a confident teacher is just a shining, wonderful thing, and I've met so many. Mm-hmm. Um, in every school you see them, somebody who just really gets kids and can relax everybody around them. Yeah. So maybe, um, you know, if there's somebody like that where you work, um, talk with them and, and brainstorm together what would work. And if if you're not quite there yet, well, take a step and see if you can gain that next level of confidence. You know, the um, taking the kids out for a bit of extra recess on your own is something that works even at higher levels. I have a friend who's a high school teacher, and she every once in a while says, time to go for a walk, and she just marches her kids out of the classroom, down the hall, out the building, and they they walk around the school building a few times. And oh. she says when they come back, they are so much better able to focus. And, you know, those high school kids are really just preschoolers all stretched out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean... And she's been challenged by that, by her administration, and she just looks at them and says, these kids need to take a walk. And yeah. then she takes them for a walk. <laughs> Good for her. I don't know her, but I love her. That's that's awesome. I, I Being able to just flip those situations around, when you when you realize, hey, we have a, pro- a problem with kids not being able to sit still, and instead of making them all behavior issues, finding more chances for movement, it's, it's just kind of flipping the script on those, those situations and, and, and finding a solution for the problem that doesn't involve punishing the child in, 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 in some weird, weird way. Is, it, it can solve so much 
of of what goes on in the classroom that that we consider to be behavior problems if we take the time to 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 observe and 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 look for those alternate solutions yeah so so it it, it is just all a mindset but it it's it if this is new for you it will take some some courage and some practice so if there's someone near you that you can feel as a mentor with you on this change, you know, go ahead and reach out and say, hey, I, I want to get rid of that behavior chart, but I'm feeling a little queasy about, you know, going it alone. Can you stand by me and, and help me out with this? You know, you don't, you don't have to be alone, even if you're the only adult in the classroom. Yeah, you absolutely. Support out there. Yeah. So wh- what else is there? I mean, part of this is this, that mind, sh- mind, set shift is these are people i'm going to treat them like people yeah i mean yeah you know one of my my mentors who worked at the school for young children was a director for years she'd say something like you know these behavior charts may be good for a dog but it's not good for a kid (laughs) (laughs) um it's Somebody asked me, well, what do we do instead with a behavior chart, you know, instead of using that? And my first reaction was treat them like human beings. I, I totally it's agree. It's just a level of respect, but it's also, it's it's just a different way of viewing the world. And, and you might have to turn, you know, 90 degrees to see the world this way, but it's a level of working human being to human being, recognizing that these younger human beings have radically different needs in some cases than we do, and in some cases they have very similar needs, like to feel supported mm-hmm. and respected and not shamed and, you know, and get their, their, their physical needs met as well as their emotional and mental needs. Yeah, and I think another piece of that is, is we all want to feel powerful and in control of our own lives, even when we're two and a half and three years old. And so creating an environment where, where there is, where there's that structure you talked about earlier, but where everybody also feels like they have some autonomy and control does, does wonders when it becomes to, when it comes to behavior issues for a lot of kids. You know, right. I, I spent 16 years running center-based programs, and then we did family care for, for a little over 10 and in in ten years of doing family child care, and that was at the end, so we had a lot of practice by then. But we didn't use any of those methods, and we didn't use timeout. and And what we did is we were just humans together. And it it does sound kind of fuzzy because, like you said, we do feel like we need we need a chart or we need some sort of structure because that's kind of what we're used to and comfortable with. Being able to just pull back and and be people together is is really what the core of it is and and there's all kinds of strategies for for dealing for for for, for making that happen but but mostly it's about you know things like eye contact and managed expectations and 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 keeping calm when other people might not be and and those kind of things it's it's a lot of the same strategies you you use with the adults in your life yeah and kindness goes a long way it doesn't mean you're wishy-washy you can be firm yeah but the kids pick up that you care about them, and they're much more likely to gravitate to you if if they feel that care, and they know that you have a structure and, and certain limits you're not going to, you know, you're not a pushover. They feel safe in your hands because they know what things you'll tolerate and won't tolerate. 
I, yeah, yeah. And it, I, I know there's people listening that wanted a one, two, three kind of simple answer to the alternative to those charts. Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel that we've given them exactly that. And this, what we're talking about here is really a lot easier than it might sound to some people who are very uncomfortable with the idea of, of throwing away that chart and, 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 and yeah. taking steps to do it differently. And, and, and it will be probably terrifying for the first while, but it, there's there's so much it's more there over there. The long term, it's it's a long term relate. It's it's a long term relationship change. Yeah. and that once you've created that, then it, then it, everything becomes easier, and you can you can focus on on your enthusiasm and their enthusiasm and, and working together as a team. Um, it's unfortunately there is not a just add water solution. Yeah, exactly. We can't just pour in the water and mix it up. <laughs> Um, human beings are complicated, um, emotional, physical, social creatures. <laughs> There's a lot and, of moving uh, parts. We do need uh, to have a complex social, emotional, physical, you know, answer to these yeah. questions. It's not. It's not a simple solution, but it is a wonderful, life-affirming, effective. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you don't have to do this alone. I'm going to throw this out there as an idea. Um, I'm actually working on, on some other issues with, with the people are dealing with, with this. And so I run, I run a website called Playvolution HQ. And for, for a couple other, I, I'm working with some people who are want, trying to change their practice. And if there are, if there are five or six or 10 people out there who want to kind of move away from the behavior charts, I can set up a, a, a private page on that site where people can use the discussion group to, to share strategies and, and kind of hold, hold hands, kind of walking through the process. And so if that's something you might be interested in after listening to this episode, just get a hold of uh, me on the Explorations Early Learning Facebook page. And, and if, if, there's a, if there's a handful of people that are interested and don't have anybody else to, work, to reach out to to work with on this, I'd be happy to, to set something up and kind of put the structure together for, for building that community of, of like-minded change makers. And, uh, and we'll see where that goes. It's so much more comfortable when you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and I mean, we we can talk about the podcast, but if we can, if I can take something that'll take me ten minutes to set up on online that that can help people take that next step, I'd love to do that. Yay! Anything? Yay. And the kids will thank you. Yeah, for generations to yeah, we, come because we, once they realize how it works, they won't put the behavior chart up on their walls when they're grown ups either. Absolutely. Anything more before we wrap this one up, Heather? Be of good courage. Go <laughs> forth and make the change that you know in your heart is the right thing to do. There you go, people. Back soon with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye. And... Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.